What's up, everybody? Welcome to the July episode of Jazz Talk Seattle. My name is Max. And my name is Josh. And today we're here with a very special guest named Dylan Hayes. Hey. What's up, Dylan? Dylan is a quickly rising uh, pianist and composer, primarily, uh, living in Seattle. And we are super excited to have him in the studio today. Um, So question number one, Dylan. How did you get started with music? Let's see. Um, my mom was a classical pianist, and I always admired her. And she met my dad through dance. Um, what kind of dance? Oh, um, what was it? It's like Afro. I don't know. I don't even know. Exactly Whoa. What it was Afro Cuban something? I'll have to salsa? ask. Salsa. Cool. Salsa. Yeah, definitely something like that. Nice. Anyways. Um, yeah, my dad started this um, dance club called the uh, Backyard Boogie or something like that in San Francisco, and um, I, I don't know. I grew up with music like Stevie Wonder and Motown stuff, so cool. I, yeah, I just started playing the piano. All the black keys sounded good together, and then the white keys, you know, didn't nice. really all sound good together. But I figured it out some somewhere down the line that's cool did you take piano lessons as a kid then yes i did nice from your mom or somebody else oh someone else said i started at um age eight nice yeah were you um learning how to play classically at first yeah in a way i mean i was just learning how to where all the notes were at first i mean i wouldn't say i started studying classical music seriously until college oh interesting under peter mack because his he's an amazing player and I, I i couldn't do anything that he was doing and i just and learned you, so much you went that. to cornish correct yeah did you just graduate from cornish yes i did nice congratulations thank you cool well i want to back it up a little your website says you went to an arts high school what was the name of the school again it's called novato high school and i also went to that uh, school with xavier le couturier mm-hmm. um, a drummer in the seattle area who also went to cornish and yeah my friend nicole mccabe who She's going to be coming up soon to Seattle for a gig. Cool. Coming up. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious about this whole arts high school thing. I don't, I didn't go to one and I don't really know anybody super well that did go to one. Can you tell me about that? Um, what does that, what does that even mean? And did you choose to go there? Or did you have to apply? Is it like going to college, but earlier on, how does that work? Okay. So I first went to this place called Petaluma High School and I'm not going to talk smack about it any schools or anything but it just wasn't the place for me i didn't really have too many friends they were all in like different groups and then i went there for one year and i don't know what the jazz program was like there but i i ended up going to novato high school the next year cool which has marin school of the arts which is you know the art part of it obviously and they have like uh, art program uh, music theater and all the above and i i went into the rock band at huh. first, I wasn't even in the jazz band, and I learned like even more about theory and all that stuff, and how to solo over you know just like pentatonic stuff and sure. But it came to a point where it got a little too easy, and I wanted like a challenge, and also the car- guitars were too loud, so <laughs> um, so then then I just changed to jazz band, and I mean I'm still learning so much from jazz, so. Cool. And then eventually you went to Cornish where you studied with... Oh, um, I studied with a bunch of people. Jim Knapp, Don Clement, 
Randy Halberstadt, Jovino Santos Neto. Oh, I hope I'm not leaving out anyone's. Wow, that's a oh, lot. Marina Marina Albero. Uh huh. Um, Did you take regular private lessons with all of those people simultaneously? Oh, not all at once. That would be crazy. But oh, Peter Mack as well mm-hmm. for classical, um, and Chuck Deardorff. Forgot um, cool. them. Cool. But uh, yeah, maybe sometimes it'd be like two lessons a semester, and it might be like um, compositions less lessons with. Um, uh, uh, gym nap and then piano lessons with Peter Mack, something sure. like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Uh, that sounds like a, um, must be really nice to have that variety of instruction or perspectives, uh, coming in for music. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Did you ever get conflicting opinions about a piece or a technique that, or exercise that you were trying to work on? And for, like Chuck Deardorff says one thing, but Marina Alvaro says another thing and you're stuck in the middle. I would say, taking classical lessons and jazz lessons at the same time of course yeah yeah um you have one person telling you to accent every other note um that would be like for jazz mm-hmm. you know and swing and everything and then peter mack telling you like to start quiet on every line and build up uh, the dynamics and sure sound more smooth you know and how did you balance those two things it was weird. I, I don't know. I feel like I probably shouldn't have done both of them at the same time I, because they're both so different. I, yeah. Yeah. So switching gears just a tiny bit, um, <clears throat> one of the things I'm most excited about that you're doing is, uh, well, actually, I guess it's a, a few things, but your compositions are primarily featured with uh, DX Tet, correct? Yes. Um, are you doing any other projects where you're composing as well or is that the main one let's see okay there's the gym nap orchestra which... i was going to ask about that in a minute too okay well we, <laughs> we can maybe get there later but um <clears throat> i had my own big band called the dylan hayes big band but i'm going to pretty much merge my big band and the gym nap orchestra into some new thing with a different name i don't know yet but well let's let's talk about that actually oh okay yeah so for those who don't know the gym nap orchestra gym nap is a currently or formerly a professor at cornish uh formerly formerly okay so he he was known as being primarily a composer correct yeah and trumpet player and trumpet player yeah. i used to go hear his band on monday nights at the lab the seattle drum school a long time mm-hmm. ago before it was bulldozed recently oh damn they're still open just in a new location um but yeah it was kind of sad to see that building go um and they had an awesome big band playing really cool music and they've had a lot of really fantastic musicians featured in that band throughout the years um i think ingrid jensen john weekon people like that um and then you're currently running the current version of that band right yes so how'd that happen and and what are you what's going on with the band well um hmm. okay so i got this grant to record over at the jack straw studios for 40 nice. hours um um yeah so i'll be recording a big band album somewhere down the line when i can you know get a gofundme and grants and all that because it's going to cost That's something expensive. like <laughs> like literally twenty thousand dollars i mean i mean mm-hmm. i just don't have that i'm a jazz musician so right <laughs> <laughs> um I, so yeah. how did the band pass to you oh there we go um so well, Jim stopped doing the band, let's, let's see, I don't know, maybe two years ago. And he always wanted someone to take over. I think he might have asked some other people 
he was thinking of having Jay Thomas or um, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. who else. Maybe this guy, Devin Riley. Um, but he just like came up to me. He's like, oh, I'm thinking about handing the band over to someone. Who do you think would be interested? I'm just like, I told him like anyone would be interested in that. Like that would be an honor. And then like a, wh- a while later, um, he's just like, I don't know. He just like asked me, I guess. And, and then I went to his house and we taped a bunch of charts together a lot of charts um <laughs> and um happy big band taping yeah and then I, I have this huge like suitcase full of like all of his big band arrangements and brought that up four stories to my apartment and yeah hmm. fun side story when i was at roosevelt high school i think i was yeah i was in the second jazz band i think and uh we ended up winning this huge competition um by playing one of his compositions called Kennewick Man. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone loved it. Anyway, that's the end of that story. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, we're actually here to talk about a new album uh, that you've got coming out soon, right? Tell us about this uh, recording project. Um, yeah. It's going to be called um, Electric City. It's with my electric band, which features Xavier Le Couturier on drums, Tim Carey on bass. Um, Martin Booty on guitar, Santos Sharma on tenor sax and iwi, and of course myself on synth and keyboard. And then also I have one other person, uh, Jay Thomas. It features Jay Thomas on the record on a couple of tracks, and Nicole McCabe on one track. And um, they play... Oh, sorry. Jay Thomas is an amazing trumpet player, and he also plays tenor and all sorts of woodwind instruments. Cool. Um, and my friend Nicole McCabe is a great alto player who also plays all, all the woodwind instruments. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we just recorded over at David Lang Studios. We also recorded at the Cornish Studios, but it's kind of hard to do because there's one booth there. Nice. But, yeah, it's all my music is inspired by like Stevie Wonder and George Duke and that type of vibe. Robert Glasper. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that sounds like a really exciting project. When is this record coming out? It's a good question. I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> it, I, I'm going to be mixing uh, in the next couple of days. I'm, I'm editing tomorrow and then mixing, I don't know, in, in a week or so. And cool. then hopefully... Are you doing this yourself or are you going to do it with David Lang? Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to be... No, I'm, I'm not doing it myself. I'm going to go to Floyd. But uh, I see. Ben, ben Lang was the one who uh, is, is helping record and edit and all that. Gotcha. Cool. Very cool. Can we actually listen to a a track from this? Yeah, let's give it a whirl. Uh, So this one, uh, which I really loved out of the collection that you sent us to listen beforehand, is Poinciana. Yeah. Uh, Let's give it a listen. Cool. Thank you. 
Wow, man. That was really, really cool. I super love the electric arrangement. I like that it's... Uh, it's, like, obviously still Poinciana from Ahmad Jamal, but... Uh, the harmonies are different, the groove is different, and I like that you referenced the bass line, or the intro bass line, but it oh, comes after, yeah. and it's like, uh, I feel like it's turned on its head. It's really cool. Did you, you do this arrangement? Um, not all the way. Um, okay, so Xavier started playing a vamp between the first two chords, which is B major to F minor. Um, he just randomly started playing it on the piano. I'm like, dude, that sounds really cool. And then he just played like a lick that sounded like the first motif to Poinciana. Cool. And then I'm like, oh my god, that'd be so cool to do an arrangement yeah. of Poinciana. So then that day we just like, you know, recorded like something on our iPhone. Cool. You know, and was it just made, him made, on like, drums and you on piano figuring stuff out together then? Yeah, and I just did some quick reharms with like 13 sus four chords because I love that stuff. Yeah. Nice. And yeah finished like a, a majority of the arrangement but then of course i arranged it for sextet yeah after that that's really really cool it's awesome yeah um going back to bands we didn't actually really talk about dxtet we started to yeah uh can you tell us a little bit about that group okay it started with xavier's senior recital over at cornish and he's like oh <clears> i just <throat> want to arrange all the music for octet and then I ended up helping him with some stuff. He's like, oh, why don't you arrange Firm Roots? So I arranged that. And we all, we also have a, some YouTube videos of us playing on KNKX. We played Firm Roots and Roger That. And uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on the other one right now. Oh, Song for Jovino. Um, but yeah, uh, it has trumpet, tenor, alto, trombone, and... Um, piano bass drums guitar and it's not always the same people every time but usually it's been let's see uh i'm so bad with names jared hall on trumpet mark taylor on alto rex gregory on tenor saxophone um david marriott on trombone me on piano um martin booty on guitar or cole schuster's done it too um uh Michael Glenn on bass, or Tim Carey on bass, Xavier on drums, and then I hope I'm, I'm not forgetting anyone else, but yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Way cool. <clears throat> and you, what, uh, is that one of your, that's your main project then, or I guess you have a couple. Yeah, that's one of my main projects. I've, I've done like 20-something arrangements for that. I've also done like 20, I don't know, five arrangements of big band music too, but um, yeah, I've also, I um, I took the electric band music and started arranging that for octet and for big band too. Cool. So it's like a combination. So yeah, sounds like all, you keep really busy. Yeah, all of these bands are searchable on your website, correct? Yeah, hmm. ish. <laughs> I'll work on that. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so what, you're working on a ton of things, and they're all really cool. Um, I personally love your sound. Um, Thank you. Yeah. What are your plans oh, for the uh, maybe immediate and intermediate future? Um, I have a lot of goals. Uh, um, I'd like to record as many albums as I can. One with the DX set. I have more than <clears> enough <throat> material. And then, of course, the the big big band like Gymnap Orchestra. Finish my album that I'm working on right now. 
um, the electric band, um, what else? Um, I don't really know. I mean, what are my goals? I'm, I'm teaching right now. I'm pretty happy with that. So, yeah. Very cool. Nice. Uh, so, uh, this band that we just listened to, you're calling Electric Band. Is that right? Yes. Cool. Is that any relation to the Chick Corea Electric Band or just happenstance that like it's called a similar thing? I think well, he spells things with a K. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? Oh, no. Go ahead. Um, it, it's not like related to the Chick Corea Electric Band, but definitely inspired by Chick, Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock. The list goes on. Miles like, Davis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't bands. do the, the K. I don't know why. I didn't want to copy. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I really, uh, I love the sound. I Thank love you. the synthesizer that you're playing. Uh, reminds me some some of the Pat Metheny stuff, too, actually. Mm. Ooh. I hadn't thought about that. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Let's give another tune a listen. Uh, what's one you want to, want us to listen to? How about we listen to 9-8? Cool. Is it in 9-8? The beginning part is, yeah. Okay. And then it's not afterwards. Well, I mean, I could tell you exactly where it goes to 10-8 and 11-8, but at the end it goes to 4-4. Ah. So, yeah. so practice your counting. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Good luck. But it's just called 9-8 instead of 9-8, 10-8, 11-8, 4-4. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Let's annoying. give this a lesson. <laughs> Thank you. 
right. That was 9-8. And there were several more time signatures aside from 9-8, if you could count them. Did you keep count through the whole thing? Because I didn't. I was counting. Yeah. Um, Figures the drummer would keep well, counting better yeah. than I can. Okay, another really fast side story. I went to a Snarky Puppy concert in Boston one time, and they played this brand new song that had never been played before. What was it called? I don't remember. Um, but at the end, as a joke, uh, Michael League, the band leader guy, uh, shouted out to the audience. And it was mainly just like like college students. It was a pretty small show. But he asked what time signature that song was in, just as a joke. And it was at 23.8. And I had been counting the entire time. And I just shouted it out. And no one else said anything. And then he just kind of awkwardly looked out and was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then That's they left awesome. the stage, and that was it. <laughs> anyway, back to the podcast. Awesome song, Dylan. <laughs> That's really great. Is this your tune in original? Once again, this is a tune co-written by Xavier and myself. Cool. So, yeah. How does that working process work for... So you told us how uh, Poinciana came about. How did this one come about? This one's pretty similar. Um, Xavier usually comes up with the grooves, which are really cool. Um, he came up with the harmony and the groove. Um came up with that pattern like that and the chords so then i just wrote a melody over that that's and then i went from there and added more harmony at the end and i arranged it for guitar and tenor you know sometimes it's in unison sometimes harmony yeah yeah that's really cool it sounds like you have a really good working relationship with him uh, or co-writing relationship that's awesome uh is there I'm curious because I've worked with uh, multiple people co-writing and co-arranging stuff and uh, sometimes things can get contentious when there's differing opinions about a tune. Does that happen between you and Xavier and how do uh, you guys that, work it out? Oh, um, I always ask everyone like, oh, is this good? But I, I guess I should be more like, I don't know, I should be the one to say if it's good or not. But it, it really it does help when you work on music with friends and they give you their honest opinion. And yeah. I have a question. Um, It seems like a lot of different composers have various uh, sources of inspiration for their compositions. So some people like to compose um, based on events that have happened or stories. Some people like to compose based on feelings or sounds or pictures or scenes. Or some people like to compose based on just a melody they come up with or just some chords they come up with or, or a groove or whatever. Uh, do you have like a particular source of inspiration that you tend to gravitate towards mm. when you're writing? Wow. Well, there's no one way, of course. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. Um, like I said, I've taken some of groove, some of the grooves that Xavier came up with and um, came up with a melody over that. Sometimes I do the same thing. I come up with a groove and then I come up with a melody over that. But I think one of the best ways is probably just to come up with the melody first and to like sing it and not even be in front of your inf- instrument and oh, what were you saying no I, I i like that yeah um because sometimes melodies can sound forced and maybe they are you know um it, it's so hard to write a melody over nine eight you know something i'm not used to yeah definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. there's some really cool turkish music in nine eight Cool. I haven't checked it out, but I'd yeah. love to. Aksak music. Hmm. How do you spell that for anybody, including me, that wants to Google that later? That's a great question. I I mean, I think it's like A K S A K. If you were gonna put we'll it in English, look it up later. Uh, but yeah, 
cool. Uh, it's also yeah. kind of in five, depending on how you're. It's like bent. It's like a bent rhythm. Like five or nine. Kind of. It huh. can it can be both. Cool. Uh, that's something I'm gonna have to check out later. Uh, yeah. Thank you for talking to us about your writing process. Uh, I'm really curious, and this is something that I like to ask a lot of our guests that come on to the podcast is uh how do you practice or what do you practice that's something i've been asking people for a while um um well i mean i haven't had a piano lesson in a while and so it's kind of it's hard to know what to practice there's so much out there um i obviously have to learn tunes so whenever someone has like a bunch of tunes i have to learn for a gig i'll work on that or work on my sight reading whether it's Bach chorales or it's always good to be working on classical music. Um, uh, for yeah, of course I'm always transcribing too. But sometimes I go through phases of just composing, and that's where I spend the majority of my time or arranging. So, yeah, yeah, cool. I guess similar to most people, we go through waves of different kinds of things that we're practicing, and it just kind of flows in and out. And not everybody has a super established routine. Yeah, I should though. I think people tend to either have a, you know, if they like structure, they'll have a routine or if they're more mm, freely existing, maybe (laughs) then they kind of do things when they need to do things or when they feel like doing things or when they're inspired to do things. Um, I would like to ask a couple of questions about cities, unless you have anything else to add about that. Um, so you're from San Francisco is that the actual like the city of San Francisco? Yes, I'm from Bernal Heights, San Francisco. <clears throat> oh, That's nice. the neighborhood. It's by Bernal Hill, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. I played with a band called The View from Bernal Hill one time. Huh. It's cool music. Um so now you're in Seattle? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Do you um, plan on staying here? What do you what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Oh man, there's a lot I like about it. There's so many <clears throat> great musicians. Just from that jam session we went to last night, so many amazing musicians. Um, uh, what do I not like about it? I guess the rain. I don't know, but there's worse <laughs> things in, in life than that. So, isn't um, there a lot of fog in San Francisco? Okay, I actually don't live in San Francisco anymore. I lived there for the first eight years of my life. Oh, okay, yeah, but my parents live in Marin, and the weather over there is perfect all the time so i'm spoiled when it comes to that so yeah. perfect meaning sunny i'm assuming yeah because some maybe, people maybe would say yeah. cloudy is perfect okay well uh, if you're in me. seattle but. <laughs> yeah. cool all right well uh thank you so much for joining us on this podcast uh, where can we hear you coming coming forward okay cool Let's see, I got something on July 10th over at Tim's Tavern at 9 p.m. with a group uh, with Martin Booty, Xavier, and Nicole McCabe. And then July 11th, the DX Tet will be playing for the Second Century Earshot Jazz Festival at 8 p.m. Nice. At the Good Shepherd in Wallingford. July 31st, Sea Monster, it's either going to be an octet or electric band and... Um, uh, after that, it's going to be every third Wednesday. I'm going to be playing at the Sea Monster with some type of group. Awesome. Is that yeah. the early set or the late set? The late set, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Cool. It's a Wednesday night. And if people forget this and just remember your name, can they look it up on the internet and find the stuff? I hope so. On your website? 
Well, it, I put all my gigs on my website, so yeah. Which is DylanHayesMusic.com. Awesome. One last thing. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please, if you like our podcast, give us a like on Facebook. Again, it's Jazz Talk Seattle. And you can find this and all of our other episodes on Stitcher and iTunes and all the other things that have podcasts. Well, thank you again for joining us. You're welcome. Thank yeah, you. thanks.